This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. Podcast time on this glorious snowy Tuesday. What's up, Al? Oh, hi there, Jerry. We got a call during the Boomerang Geo show from a, a woman named... Linda? Linda, yeah. And she had called up. Uh, she had called me and uh, wanted to talk about injuries in the NFL. And then uh, a little while later, she called me again. And she goes, what is going on here? She goes, I called 30 minutes ago. I'm a senior citizen. You're keeping me waiting and all. I said, well, like a last kind of lawyer works. Like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll go to you. And she eventually got on, and her idea was, and she was for real... <laughs> That when a player gets injured on the field in the NFL, roll him to the sidelines, look at him there, let's continue the game, keep right. it moving. Right. But she multiple times when she when she first called me and then when she called back, she referenced I'm a senior citizen and then the following, as if, you know, because she's a senior citizen, I should treat her nicer. Nicer. Okay. And did I you was reply like, so am I? <laughs> well, no, what I thought was I'm definitely going to be, uh, you know, Jerry, I am definitely going to be using that when I become a quote unquote senior citizen. You'll be into the, the, the senior discounts. I know. Oh, you. Yeah. oh absolutely. But and, and like if I have to call like Verizon, cause I have a, I, I'm a senior citizen here <laughs> to me. I, what I felt like saying is you're a senior citizen. You got all the time in the world then to hang That's on. That's right. What, what else are you doing Why today? am I speeding up for you? I'm putting you to back of the line, you senior citizen. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. But I really just thought, like, I, she made me laugh saying that. Like, hey, a little respect. Yeah, I know. But I, you get that a lot, though. Yeah. Like, I'm old. Treat me well. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had a, I had a, uh, an incident a number of years ago, just an incident for myself that Gina pointed out. Which which really made me think about older people, mm-hmm. and it's not often I learn a life lesson, but we were at a uh, a bagel place in Belmar, and it was one of these places, Jerry. Like it was like a, a deli sandwich place, but one of these places when you walk in, there's like way too many choices, mm-hmm. you know. So we had gotten our food, and we were sitting down eating, and this older gentleman came in by himself, and he was like looking at the thing, and he's like. There was a line behind him. I don't like to Gina. Go look at this guy taking up the line. He's slowing down this whole line. What is he doing? And a little while later, I look over. He's still not. I go, he's still. What are we? And she goes, listen. She goes, the guy's old. That's going to be. That's your father. That's going to be you. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Has his wife passed? Like, and it like hit me like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And from there, I think I treat older people people better. I hope so, because it is really true for older as long people. As they're not rude, because there yeah, are yeah. there are some older people that are just nasty. Yes, 
But if they're nice and they're friendly and they're just kind of floating through life, you feel right. for them. Right. I should have offered to help the guy. Like, let me decipher this menu for you. You could Because it's confusing, sir. Yeah, you could have done you're that. You're thinking bagel. You're thinking wrap. Uh, you're here for something sweet like a coffee cake. Right. Well, what are we looking at? As opposed to the 7,000 items that are up there. It's too, so many I places. Agree. I agree. So many places. And they I, may have great options, but what, like, you ever go into a... A diner? Well, a diner Which is, is the classic. Where they have all this food, yeah. I don't know. All right, tell me about it. But a place like um, um, Playa Bowls. Yeah, I've never been to one. Yeah. Way too many options. Mm-hmm. Like, way too many. Unless you know, you've been there before, okay. Right. If you're like a first time or have just been there a couple times. Your head would spin. It's too much. We went to, I took, uh, took my son to MJ's in Middletown Friday night. And MJ's is great. It really is a great place. I do like it. But it's a smaller one than the one they have in Matawan. So that one's huge. Enormous. Because it used to be, a, it still is, but it used to be a full-on banquet center. Yeah. So it's a really big place. This place is much more of like a bar and grill. So she, the, the girl came over. She gave us the menus. And I, you know, I ordered this, uh, this shrimp deal, the shrimp wrap. Then my son orders a pizza. I'm like, where the hell was the pizza? And the you know, so girl's like, she goes, I'll turn it over. And I, I forgot. I wasn't even thinking about pizza. The backside had sandwich, um, not sand, burgers, pizza. I mean, it was like, whoa. Like, how many things do you guys offer? Yeah. Like, it's too much. You sit there, look at the menu for a half hour. Right. Too many options. And, and that's always the thing when uh, when that guy, Gordon Ramsay, used to do kitchen nightmares yeah. where he would go to restaurants that were failing. Right. And all the time, he would take a huge menu and pare it down to one page. Yeah. He'd be like, this is what you're going to do, and this is what you're going to do well. There's like... Three options for our appetizers, yeah. maybe four or five options for a main meal, and that's it. Uh, yeah, like get really good at that at those things. But I don't know how. How does legitimately a diner have? I don't know a turkey dinner, fried shrimp, meatloaf, meatloaf, uh-huh. million eggs, a million eggs, sandwiches, wraps, pitas, breakfast meats, breakfast meats. Like I don't know. I don't know how fresh the food is. There's so, so I told you I joined a country club on the last podcast. So I had this conversation just a couple of weeks ago where they have a really nice restaurant in there. And during the summertime, like I get it. I mean, guys play golf. You go in, you have lunch right after or before, maybe after a late round, you finish at five, six o'clock, you have dinner. All I, I completely understand that. But I think they keep it open in the winter. And I'm thinking, who goes there? And it's a, it's nice. It's not like, and it ain't cheap. And I'm thinking, how are you preserving all this food if you don't know if anybody's showing up all week? Like, yeah. What a tremendous waste to forget the forget the money. There's this tremendous waste of food, I would think, unless the, I, I don't know. I don't know how you I think that's how a lot of restaurants fail. They can't figure out how much product they need and what they throw out. Yeah. It is not a dress. You know, if you if you run a a retail store and the dress don't sell, you can sell it back for something to the company that makes it. You ain't selling back beef that no one wanted. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that's got to be the biggest challenge when you are opening a restaurant. Yeah, hundred percent. I even think of it uh, dumb at my at my micro level. Like I was using this uh, this food. Like my dog. Like sometimes she'll eat and sometimes she doesn't eat. Sometimes right. it just sits there and she eats it. Legitimately, fifteen hours after I put it out. Oh my gosh. Twelve hours. Well, I was starting to give her like uh, 
some fresh dog food. And then if it sits there all day, I got to throw that out eventually. Yeah. 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 As opposed to dry dog food could sit there forever. Correct. So it's like the frozen food versus fresh food situation or uh, having a a place where you are selling dresses as opposed to edible food. And by the way, maybe that's the answer right there is selling and preparing foods that are frozen as opposed to 100% fresh because you just can't do it. There's no way that you could do it at a diner with all fresh food. There's no, it's not possible. Yeah, like a lot products. of the things we mentioned, like Maybe. like shrimp and that stuff's all frozen, right? I guess. But the meatloaf isn't frozen. The why turkey is Why can't you, why can't know. you freeze beef? Well, but how do you like get it? Like, let's say some, let's say you have frozen meatloaf. Yeah. And now the recos come in and they order a meatloaf. Right, we'll see you in an hour and a half. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how don't, they do it. I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Because they have all, I mean, burgers I get, those are frozen, hot, all that and stuff. And eggs, sausage. like a diner's yeah. going through so many eggs, they must just no have doubt. like a mass amount of no eggs. No doubt. It's more the the things you're talking about, the the beef, the chicken. The, I mean, I guess chicken could be frozen. You could throw it right on the grill. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's why we don't, order, we don't own diners or restaurants. And that, I would tell you, that is one place I would not want to take a tour of, the kitchen of a uh, diner. I'll pass. Yeah, I'll pass. That Unless I'm never a, eating there again. Can't be a good scene. No. Uh-uh. Can you imagine? No, I can't. There's just, first of all, there's got to be a thousand eggs stacked. Sure. Right? Yeah. Grease cockroaches. Uh, right. Ra- uh, not rats. I was going to say mice. Mice. Yeah. In New York City, definitely rats. Oh, for sure. Sadly. We know that's true. Yeah. It just, We've seen it. I wonder at a diner if you, like, are there certain things that people order, like, so rare that the waiter or waitress goes in the back and goes, someone just ordered the meatloaf. Yeah, steak. <laughs> steak. Absolutely. Or I could see the meatloaf, yeah. Someone just ordered a T-bone out there. Yeah. How about, um, they actually want the salmon. Yeah. Can right? you just make something look like salmon? Yeah, they want salmon. <laughs> like, salmon, we don't have any of that thought out. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you can get it anytime. Uh-huh. You could get a meatloaf dinner at 9 a.m. Absolutely. And you can get an omelet at 9 p.m. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, I, diners should just be breakfast food and then cheese fries and burgers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they should be. Breakfast food, chicken done different ways, like as far as like wrap it sure. on a sandwich. And yeah, um, yeah, some sort of burger Absolutely. beef thing like that. Uh, no doubt. You get a nice California burger, bacon cheeseburger, but you keep it to the burger. Do you think the most ordered item at a diner is eggs or burger? Eggs. Eggs number one. I, I really because I think diners are mostly busy in the morning. That's what I would think. Yeah, but I, we'd have one. to talk to a, a di- and how come? And this is only my experience from the from the diners that I've known and known who the owners were. Not that I knew them, but I knew who they were. Mostly owned by Greek families. Yeah. Why is di- is a diner a Greek thing? Like, why would it be? I don't know. I don't know why. When certain ethnicities come to the United States, they take on different, like, they there's businesses that they choose to do that then a lot of them do. Maybe it's what they did back home. I don't know. Or the only other thing I think of is, like, using Greeks and the diner. When they when Greeks first came here, did they start restaurants? Then their families saw success in that, and then they thought... Well, I'll go to the United Maybe. States and run a restaurant. It's possible. I don't. I don't know. I have no. I just know 
like I said, four or maybe I said six, but it's probably like four or five of the ones by me. And one is since closed that actually sold. Um, and they put a big supermarket there. But the four or five around me are all Greek-owned. Now, I don't know if that's like that everywhere, but around me, that's what it's like. Interesting. Yeah. And there was always a thing like you always thought like a 7-Eleven was owned by and run by Indians. Right, which is true in a lot of places, and it's not in others. Yeah. You know, I don't... That's what I mean. I feel like it's certain parts of the country where if your family who was here before you had success in it, maybe you know, oh, I and can then come spreads. over and I can do that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I would think the same way if I went to a foreign country and I had some, like my brother went over and started whatever and he was successful. Why wouldn't I go try and do the same go thing do in that. a different part of where he is? Yes. It does make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there are businesses like that in foreign countries, like that Americans run. Yes, it's called the Terrible Western Diet. <laughs> we're going to bring it to you. We're, we're going to open up a McDonald's. <laughs> right, which is what we do. We Absolutely. go to the foreign countries and give them our fast food. No question about it. We're bringing, We're coming with Pop-Tarts, <laughs> Cheerios. <laughs> Every fast food imaginable. And Hot Pockets. Yeah, Hot Pockets. <laughs> hot Pockets. Yeah, exactly. Jerry, I read something on the internet the other day. And uh, it struck me, and then I retweeted it, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. It's more philosophical. Okay. It was from the uh, singer John Mayer. Okay. In between songs one day, uh, he had this discussion, and I would like to get it. Let's see. The the writing is not great on this, so I may stammer a little bit, but it was uh, this uh, guy I follow on Twitter named Billy Oppenheimer, and he always post these like very lengthy yeah. stories that have a message. And he said, at a show on his solo tour, John Mayer confessed, I wait for most things to be over. I wait for this to be over to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing after that. Everything you love and hate leaves at the same speed. The thing you hate that you have to do tomorrow will be over before you know it. And the thing you're looking forward to tomorrow will be over before you know it. So he said, the one rule I have in my life now is never wish for less time. Waiting for things to be over is wishing for less time. Yeah. But he also made a point while, because I watched the video of when this occurred and he had the guitar and he said, you know, a lot of times when I would go on tour, he goes, I'd be playing and think, okay, how many songs did I play? How many do I have left Mm -hmm. before I could get out of here? He goes, and then I found myself doing it Going to shows. Oof. And I find myself doing that going to shows. Yeah, sure. I'll be like, okay, they've already done, you know, they're probably going to do 28 songs. Mm -hmm. They're 15 in. Oh, man, I still have like a bunch of more songs to go. I want to get. And that's something that you decided you wanted to go to. Right. And and for some reason it struck me, but I, I don't know why. Only that. Maybe that, I feel like I find myself doing that all the time. Rushing the passage of time to get to the next thing or to get something over with? Yeah, to get something over yeah. with. I've said that many times. Like, I hate to rush time, you know, whether it's something I'm looking forward to or something that I just want to get over, like you commit to and don't really want to do. Um, and I always say, like, oh, I don't want to rush the day away, but I can't wait for tonight to come. Yeah. Meantime, you've just rushed the day away and you've sat there and probably stressed yourself out all afternoon as opposed to just show up and do it. It'll be what it's going to be, and then you're home. And you don't think about it too much. Yeah, this idea that there are things on the calendar that you dread. Yeah. And then how quickly they 
come, come and, go. and go. And then things on yeah. the calendar that you're looking forward to, like a vacation, uh, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Like, I remember thinking, like, oh, man, that's coming up. And it was gone like that. Christmas. I say this every year, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Easter, things you're supposed to get together with your family for. As if it's the special day as opposed to a random Sunday where you get together with them. Yeah. And I see, and I, in my life, I'm not saying this is everybody else's family, but in my life, when there are issues with the family, it always emanates from whether it's my mom or my sister or my wife or her mom or her sister. Most of the issues emanate from the women and who's going to get together, who's not. The guys don't seem to give a crap. I don't know why that is, but in our family, I don't know if that's everybody else's. That's what it seems to be. And I will always tell my wife, like, what are you getting nuts about? It's literally one. It's a fun day for sure when it's done properly and we have a good time with with our kids. But you all this planning and bickering and arguing and literally everybody shows up at five and they're gone by 11. It's six hours of our life that comes and goes in a blink and you just created all this agita for two months. Why? And she'll agree. She's like, you're right. Because I don't know. She goes, it just happens. Yeah, I I think you're really good at having things on the calendar. I live with my calendar. That but that you don't um, stress about until they're actually there, and you have to like you're you're not thinking like it always gets me when when like it will be here on like a Thursday or something, and and you'll say oh I have Rutgers Saturday. I was like oh who are they playing? You'd be like. I think we're in Nebraska. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that would be on my like. I've been thinking about having to travel to Las Vegas for probably since probably Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh! And the fact Damn. that y- you don't stress on it and or like, I guess he yeah, has stress on it until yeah. hey, I have to go now, get in the car and drive to the airport to go. And I wish I could be more like that, but I think all the time about things that are on my calendar weeks out. Yeah, but they're gone like that. You know, there's a couple of good lessons for me, and they're recent, too. I've really always been like that for the most part, but where I learned to stop stressing out about events, if you will, I remember when Compass gave me the Patriots-Bills game to do in Orchard Park. I remember thinking, now I had done a million Columbia games, but even going into that, yeah, we were on the radio in New York, but I also knew in the back of my mind, Columbia is not Oklahoma. Like, even if it's not good to start, okay, I'll be fine. I'll get through it, and I'll get better as I go. And ultimately, I do think that's what happened. Um, I was not nervous going into the Rutgers gig because I had done 200 or 300 college basketball games already. So I felt real, and I think I'm much better at basketball than football. So I was really good going into that. Butterflies just from a new job, but wasn't stressed about the job. Was just kind of like excited to get going. Okay. But when Michelle called me, my boss at Compass, and said, hey, can you do Bill's uh, Patriots? I, yeah, absolutely. Hung up the phone like, oh, my God, that's Tom Brady. That's belt like, wait, at Orchard Park, like I'm calling the game with Brian Baldinger? I freaked out. Like there was a part of me that was nervous as hell. And I remember when I got in the car after the game was over, and the game went well. I did have one screw up in the game. Not that anyone would notice listening. I knew it. Um, I was like, that was awesome. Like what was I nervous about? And then it happened one more time when she called me for Cowboys to go to AT&T Stadium. And that was more like I grew up a Cowboy fan, my lifelong. Right, well, that was the I next do step of it. Yeah. And that one I remember even getting on the plane, like 
like, please be real. Like, don't crash. Please get me there. I want to do the game. <laughs> and I remember doing that game, and I, I stayed that night. I didn't go home that night because it was a 4 o'clock game, I believe. I remember going to the bar at the hotel. Like, that was phenomenal. Like, no more am I going to be nervous for this. And that helped me. I remember after that, I did CBS Sports Network used me for a game on TV, which I think prior to doing Cowboys or that Bills-Patriots game, I might have crapped myself <laughs> getting ready for that game. But to me, it was like, whatever. I'm doing another game. I, you know, those two things, though, really settled me down. Like Boomer and Geo Live, the first one, I know there were a couple people around here nervous. Huh, whatever. Like, we do what we do, and there's no nerves. It's more excitement. Right. I'm telling you, walking into Orchard Park, I was nervous. Like, you cannot believe nervous. Sure. Plus a new crew, producer I had never met before, engineer I had never met, statistician I had never met, never met Brian Baldinger. And here I come walking in. He's like, hey, you must be. I'm like, yeah, hi, how you doing? I won't, do, I won't screw this up, I promise. <laughs> and it's like you got to prove yourself. Yeah. So those two instances really helped me. Do you think you tend to enjoy things in the moment as they're happening? or I af- try. Or after they happen? No, I really do try. You know, the one thing when you have kids, well, you, I'm sure you won't, but when people have kids, the one thing that gets told to you by 4 million people in your life is it goes fast, enjoy it, you know, don't take any days for granted. And I heard that, and I really feel like, especially when I started coaching Matthew at five years old, my, my dad telling me, God, it feels like yesterday I was doing this with you. I really felt like I tried to soak in every game, Every practice, I really, I know it sounds goofy, but I did. And I looked forward to it. And I remember after each year would pass, my went, there's there's one year down. Uh Uh-oh. And next thing you know, I was staring at his last year in my face. And then he was just quick. And that, like, I'm done with him almost. And so I do feel like I have taken it all in. I've got a lot of photos, videos. I got the game books. Um, So I think more in the moment. Now it might be more afterwards because I get a real kick out of editing their videos after I take them, and I feel like I have it forever. But yeah, yeah, I think I've done, I think I've done a good job at trying to enjoy them growing up. But it's just sad because they're growing up now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. See, that goes fast too. Yeah, I got a 19 and a 13 year old in the house, soon to be yeah. 14. Yeah, it's uh, that's why the golf thing has been a great find because. You know, I never really played once Matthew was born, and I tried a couple of times to get them out, and they did. They went out with me and my dad, and we would play, and eh, whatever. They they could take it or leave it. They, they had a good time, but it was more because they were with us. They wouldn't ask to go again. Like, that was it. we go once a year. And something just clicked this year with both of them to where I've got two obsessed kids, which is phenomenal, and it has really taken away the sting of not having the sports anymore with them. And now I look at it as we're planning golf. Like our vacation this year is going to be a golf vacation. <laughs> Sorry, hon. <laughs> this year doesn't mind. Yeah. And like we're already looking at St. Andrews and Pebble Beach for years to come. Like that to me it really helps. Right. Especially if the Little League stuff is, goes away. Correct. Yes. I figure Joseph's got this year and then four years of high school. And I don't know if he'll even want to play in college anymore because he's so upset. I don't even know if he wants to play in high school anymore. He's so obsessed with this game now. So, but at least I've got that. Yeah. And they like going out and playing still with me. So it's, it's good. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So we're saying, Jerry, live down. I try, Al. I really, live in the I moment. really, I try, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to get through the point of, of things on the calendar that I'm not looking forward to go by very quickly. The same way as things you're 
you're loving and you go, oh, I wish that lasted longer. Sure. Go, like a they vacation. Go the, they go the same speed. They do, but they do feel faster. Yeah. And some do feel like if you're on a bad trip or you're having a bad day, that day does feel longer than when you're having a blast and not even thinking about it. Yeah, but I guess I guess looking back on the days, they don't, like, um, the long day, you can't remember all of the long day. Probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I find watching TV an extraordinarily painfully long day. Like, I'll look up, I'm like, it's only 4 o'clock. Yeah. Like, I've been sitting here for two hours. It feels like I've been here all day. And a round of golf to me feels like like nothing, and it's five hours sometimes. And it can be really quick or four hours or whatever. But it's also what you're into. I'm surprised you have this feeling because you've done a good job in the last couple of years of not scheduling things anymore or committing to things you don't want to yeah. do. So you've taken that part away. Right. And why would Vegas – I know we got to go. Why would Vegas – freak you out from the standpoint of I think you're looking forward to it. The, like there's no airport involved with the way yeah, we're going. That's true. Yeah. I guess just the length of time. I, I like to get back to my home base. You like your routine. Yeah. I like my routine, okay. my home base. No, our routine's going to be quite uh, different. Yeah. It's going to be thrown off. Yeah. I but, am freaking out about that a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. I don't like the split sleep thing. It's not, it's just not good, but it's going to be over like that. Just like I was thinking I about, remember, like, it's a football Life. season. Like, the season's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. The ho- It was like the summer over, the holidays over, and it'll be just like that um, Memorial Day weekend show again. Mm-hmm. That, But that's the scary thing about life. Right, but then that's all that time has, has gone Correct. by. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you sit there and you get really deep, and you're like, did that really happen? Did right. we do that? That's what the photos are for. Exactly. Otherwise, you can imagine you did anything when yes. you didn't. That's why back before we had uh, cameras that we were carrying cameras all around. I mean, there's there's probably like 1996. I might not have a single photo. Yeah. Oh, I believe right? that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There like a single memory that pops yeah. right up from 1996. I'd have to be like, hmm, where was I working? Right. In the meantime, I'm in, it's only uh, January 16th. I got 130 yes. uh, photos on my phone already. Yeah. You know, all from sports and golf and, yeah, I know. So we got those memories. We do. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show. Be back here tomorrow on a Wednesday. See ya. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Knicks makes the catch for the touchdown! 
He went up with the big hands and caught another Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. And Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Right, here we go. Super Wild Card Weekend is over, so here we be on this Tuesday. The Eddie Scazzeri, good morning to you, sir. And across from me, his name is Al Shaquille Dukes. What's up? Good morning, Jerry. Woke up uh, to the snow, uh, snowy slush situation. Yep. I have a, a science question for science. either you or Eddie who wants to answer this All right, morning. Eddie, wake up. Because this is a legitimate question I have. I'm not trying to be stupid if, it's, if I sound stupid. So I go outside and I'm in the car driving or walking. It is 26 degrees outside. How are there puddles that are not frozen if water freezes at 26 at 32 degrees? Do you know, Jerry? No, Eddie. Eddie, there could be some pretreatment of the surface that prevented it from doing so, like salt okay. or something like that. That's it. Yeah, that would be my guess. I don't know. I'm not buying that. <laughs> Already? <laughs> it also takes time, it also takes time to freeze too. Yeah, but it's been tw- it was been under freezing for many hours and I walked mm. outside like like walking on the sidewalk which I don't believe were pre-treated. The streets were I didn't hear crunching. I was stepping in puddles. It's 26 degrees outside. Get a scientist on the phone. Yeah. Where's Neil deGrasse Tyson when you need him? Figure that one out, scientists. <laughs> Jerry, we've lost the Dolphins, gone. Gone. Dallas Cowboys, gone. gone. And now the Philadelphia Eagles. No one wanted them. That's fine. Gone. That's fine. Boy, they... They, gave, never, they laid an egg, man. I've never seen a team play with less heart than yeah. the Eagles. And they're getting... I can only imagine what sports radio in Philadelphia will be like because I did watch some of the Mike Missanelli and Seth Joyner postgame show this morning. Okay. I mean... Exactly what you were just talking about. Just no effort. Un- like these are the words they were using: uninspired, uh, lackluster, will to win. Oof! I mean, they really clobbered this team. Their coach and the quarterback. Yeah, they just played with no urgency, right? No interest in tackling. And that it's funny you say that. That was one thing that um, that Seth Joyner brought up because I don't understand how a team that gets paid to tackle can't tackle in a playoff game or. Yeah, not only can't tackle, but not showing an effort right. to want to tackle. Right. It, it looks like a team, and I didn't see this game live. I only saw the highlights, and again, I listened to a lot of this stuff. But it sounds to me like a team that just didn't believe in the coaching staff, and even though they said all the right things, just kind of went out there and allayed it and said, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, they looked like a team that when you lose six of seven, if you erase that 10-1 and one start they had, that's They're a, a team. team. It's like kind of watching like the Jets lose every week or yeah. the Giants lose every week. And they just are not interested. They just Correct. want the season to end. Disinterested. That's exactly what it looked like. Disinterested. Please end the season. Yeah. It was, it's su- such a weird So the question I would have is, team. I think with the Cowboys and the Packers, and, and the one thing that, and they have been a major topic on all the sports shows, TV, radio, which makes sense, and I understand why, the one thing that you keep hearing is how severely outcoached they were. And I, I think that's true. If you watched it, their guys were not in the proper position, and it looked like the Packers were three steps ahead of everything they wanted to do. There was the one play in the Bills-Steelers game yesterday where I thought uh, Romo, who I know took a beating for a lot of his comments during the game, but 
there was one play where Mason, um, not Mason Crosby, Mason Rudolph dropped back on a third down play, and it looked like he had a wide open. It might have been the tight end. I'm not sure. Maybe a receiver in the flat, a little off to the right on like a third and five. He takes the snap, goes to throw, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, he's not open. And Romo pointed out on the replay very quickly how they basically baited him into trying to make that throw by the cornerback dropping off, but then the linebacker faked a rush and then was on him immediately, and the play wasn't there, so he threw it out of bounds. Well-coached team. Knew what they were doing, knew what they were looking at. Are we going to say Todd Bowles severely outcoached Nick Sirianni? I guess we are because they they look like your quarterback, Baker Mayfield, threw for 350 yards last night. Yeah, and three long touchdowns. Yes, and they stopped the stupid two-point try with the the, 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 the quarterback sneak. Call it what you want. Like, no other team could do that. So, now I know they also grabbed his face mask, almost ripped his head off his neck, but nothing was called. Point is, was was Nick Sirianni that badly outcoached by Todd Bowles? That's correct, Jay. I guess so. They gained 94 yards in the second half, the Eagles. Zero points. That is hard to do. The only time they showed life was the uh, the, the long touchdown pass to, I think it was Smith. Right, Devontae and then, Smith. Yeah, and then it seems like, oh, okay, maybe here's where you got to... Get back in the game, and then just nothing. nothing. It's nothing. That was what sixteen nine, right? Does yeah, that sound right. And then they got shut out the rest of the way. And Jalen Hurts, when he's playing well and the Eagles are winning, his low key attitude and is kind of calm, cool, and collected. Right. So this is where we suck yeah. as announcers. We can't sit there and praise a guy for you know being lifeless and the moments never too big or too low for him and when it's going great look at he's got the the heartbeat he's always yeah. he's ready to rock and he's Eli Manning and it works and he wins but then when they lose hey wake up we can't have it both ways and yet we do that all the time i saw the tight end yelling at him on the sideline briefly Dallas Goddard yeah Dallas mm-hmm. Goddard yeah wake what, up i don't know what he was yelling about but I know, but we do that with Daniel Jones, too. Yes. When Daniel Jones looks like he's uninspired but winning, we're like, man, that's Eli. Look at that, man, that quiet leadership. And when it's not going well, can this guy wake up and look like he cares? Like, it's not fair. I suppose. You are what you are. Like, you know, we. but that's why what we do sucks. <laughs> what do you mean? No, that's all we do is criticize guys. Oh, yeah, we do do that. That's all we do. We will critique every little thing you do. We'll like it one week. We'll hate it the next right, week. It's silly. Game to game. We'll figure it out. It really is silly. So now we've got what is they call this next round, Jerry? Divisional rounds? Yeah. Playoffs? Yep. The four winning teams advance to the championship Sunday. Yeah. So we got uh, Texans-Ravens on Saturday at 4.30. That game's in Baltimore. So the Texans get out of that uh, dome of theirs. Yeah. Then Saturday night, Packers at Niners. Yeah, now I'm excited because I, we should land. I'm with Rutgers on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. We should land in Champaign around probably 6.30. So I should have plenty of time to get to the hotel, and the hotel we usually stay in is attached to a, like a sports bar. Oh, is that right? Usually I eat with the team and everything, but I'm not not like this. Oh, hang out and watch the game. Champaign, Illinois? Mm-hmm. Who, who, uh, what college plays there? Illinois. Oh, my God. Well, it could have been another, could have been like DeVault or DeVry or what's that? DeVry? You, th- you think they're playing the technical school no, no. in Woodbridge? <laughs> <laughs> They'd kill them, Jerry, for sure. What's what is DeVault? DePaul. 
<laughs> DePaul is well, a, they're in the Big East. Oh, okay, they're in the Big East. They don't play them. Yeah, no. You played them at one point, though. Yeah, like in a non-conference situation earlier in the season a couple years ago. So yes. I remember you. I always stuck with me. You said how they had a really cool broadcasting department. I did. Yeah, DePaul. DePaul. I said that to Someone you. Someone told me that. It wasn't me. I have no idea what DePaul specializes you didn't go in. Study their school when you went there. No, I told mm. you they had a, a brand new nice arena. Hmm. I don't know who I was talking to that went to DePaul. This is then. probably your nephew. Maybe Gina went to DePaul for some conference or something. Uh, that could be. That's very possible. Hmm. Okay. And then we got Sunday, Jerry, Bucks at Lions. That's yeah. a 3 p.m. game. I was surprised that wasn't the Sunday night game, but I understand why. And then Sunday night, Chiefs-Bills. By the way, the Lions are going to, like, waltz into the in- NFC Championship game. They're not losing at home to the Bucks, are they? I don't know, Come Jerry. on now. No way. Baker Mayfield, no Todd way. Bowles connection. I, I Mike Evans. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't see it. This is, you know, you know, eyeballing this this divisional round. Yeah. How about Lions Packers NFC Championship game at Ford Field? That would be cool. That would. I got to be honest with you. I and I don't want to see the Packers win. I want to see the Lions actually. And now I'm a Lion fan the rest of the way. The only one that really well, the Packers Niners feels like something. Yeah, I Chiefs, agree. Chiefs Bills feels like something. Yeah. Bucks Lions feels like a regular season game. Really, you're a Bucks fan. How I know. I'm a Bucks be... fan, and I okay. and I like the Lions. See, I feel like the Ravens Texans feels like like a like a warm up to the, to the playoff. Yeah, games. This, that, that feels like a wild card game. <laughs> it does. I agree. And yet, that might be the best game of the weekend. We'll yeah. see. If he, I'll tell you, if that kid can go into Baltimore and win. My goodness. That would be impressive. Yes. No one's going to expect that out of him? No, no, because if I looked at this, I expect the Ravens to win. I expect the Niners to win. I expect the Lions to win, and I expect the Bills to win. But I wouldn't be stunned if Patrick Mahomes played amazing and the Chiefs won that game. Wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur figured out a way to beat the Niners. I wouldn't be stunned. I don't expect it, but I wouldn't be stunned. Uh, what's the other game on Sunday we're talking about? Bucks, Bucks and Detroit. Lions. I would be shocked if the Bucks won in Detroit, and I'd be shocked if the uh, Texans won in, in Baltimore. Those two to me, just I almost feel like, why play them? Yeah, so you <laughs> would not be shocked if the Packers went to San I Fran? Be. No, with the way that kid played the other day, he looked like next level. Yeah, I know. He this looked outstanding. I hate when the Packers are good for so long. What impressed me about him Sunday was how, and I mean, I know he's an NFL quarterback, you have to do this, but... Like he, there were the Cowboys didn't get to him often, and yet when they did get close to him, man, he had the poise and was able to kind of backtrack. And he's got such great arm strength that he was still putting the ball where he wanted to, right as he was going to get popped. He was and the arm slot on the one touchdown to I, mm, I forget who it was. It was the last touchdown, but whatever. Uh, Might have been Romeo Dobbs. It just he was really impressive. Very impressive. And I feel like I know they got the week off, but I feel like I haven't seen the 49ers in like three weeks. Well, you haven't because also when they played their last game, they didn't play half their team. That's right, Jerry. Same thing with the Ravens. Mm, Good point. So we'll see. They're going to get off the slow starts. Maybe. I mean, sometimes it can go the other way. Maybe they'll be all fired up and they'll be on point. Who knows? Hmm. That uh, Bucs-Eagles game, the year that the Bucs went to their first Super Bowl and won, the the Bucs had to go into Philadelphia in the cold. And prior to that, the Bucs had never won a game under 20 degrees. Right. And uh, Rondé Barber had a pick six in that game. Oh, right? is that oh, true? Bucks. oh I don't Bucks remember that. Is right. Oh, yeah. Rondé Barber pick six kind of sealed the game, if I recall. Uh, interesting. So it was, I was getting sort of uh, 
Buccaneers Super Bowl vibes yesterday watching them beat the Eagles. Yeah, they're not going to the Super Bowl this year. You don't know that? I kind of do. Um, and so <laughs> and so do you, by the way. So interesting <laughs> I do know that, yeah. in terms of the weather Saturday, so that brings me back to Houston, a dome team, which, again, this would make it even more impressive if they went in and win. 25 de- now, it doesn't look like any bad weather. 25 degrees is the high on Saturday in Baltimore. In Baltimore, yeah. Yeah, and breezy. What about in Buffalo? Although you got the Chiefs, they love cold weather. Bills love cold weather. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Yeah, it's not going to matter. You're right. Except for the fact that we like it. We do. I like a little wintry mix. Were you surprised like I was when they got to the game yesterday and it was sunny out? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, come on. Especially I kept seeing things online. That were like people shoveling their seats, yeah, yeah. and it'd be and and the title would be forty minutes before game time. By the I'm like, way, no chance. That's forty minutes before the game, and they're still shoveling seats. So here's listen to this forecast. If you live, I don't know why you would live in Baltimore, in Buffalo. Buffalo, <laughs> you're so a they weirdo. Got, they got through yesterday. Okay, the forecast for today in Buffalo: six inches of snow. <laughs> Tomorrow, six to twelve inches of snow. <laughs> Thursday. One uh, one to three, that's like a dusting. Friday, two to four inches of snow. It's every day. No snow Saturday, and then we'll turn it on Sunday or Sunday evening, sunny and 27 degrees. My town dropped about six inches worth of salt oh, on the entire, on, on every road surface for two or three inches or but, two inches, whatever we got. Well, I hope you got more than two inches. That would be pathetic. I only got two inches, Jerry. I don't know what you got. More than that. You know what the deal is? Um, we haven't used it in three years, so they have salt just stockpile. Like, Surplus. get it out of here. Let's go. This is one thing driving, and I found. I know that it's good that they're working. It's great. Get the overtime. Plows were plowing blacktop. Yeah, we got to scrape the blacktop. <laughs> what are we doing? Just in case. Well, they got to plow all the salt they put down because <laughs> they put down too much salt. <laughs> A lot of salt. Oh, that is funny. What it are you going to do? crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So that's your that's your forecast in Buffalo this week where they will take on the Chiefs on Sunday night. All right, Jerry, let's talk Steelers-Bills when we get back. Uh, sounds is that good cool? To, yes. Do you want to tell us about something before oh, we go to break? I sure do, Jerry. Thank you for reminding me. One, two, three, four. Oh. You did that to me again. I did this last time. I thought it was the other song by Will yeah. Smith. Man. Come on, Jerry. Come on. Come on. Whatever. Come on. The 522, nice quick break for you as we talk in football. As we are on to the divisional rounds coming up. A lot of people call this the best weekend coming yeah. up. I like Championship Sunday. Me too. Because you still get a little some of these odd-looking games, like when you're just glancing at Texans-Ravens. Yes. like You know. Bucks Lions, uh, mm-hmm. although they have good storylines for sure, they kind of st- they still don't look like full on playoff games. Right. I was yesterday watching the. Uh, I although, in. think about this real quick. Yeah. Had the stupid Cowboys won, you would have had Bucks Niners. Ooh, come on. That is the uh, that would have been non-competitive. No probably. You don't think Todd Bowles could go into no. San Fran, Jerry? You are underestimating. No, now my you would have gotten Cowboys Lions, which would have been a fun game. But Bucks Niners, Bucks Niners, yeah, probably not great. Got anyway. John Lynch against his old team, Jerry. That would have been kind of cool. But you don't get that. You don't get it, right? Uh, so I did turn on that uh, Bills Steelers game. Oh, thank you. 
I actually watched that in real time, Jerry. It wow. felt so bizarre. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. Uh, and just that first half. Felt like the Steelers were going to lose 63 nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing? I know. I always wonder in a case like that how. So, like, when I used to coach youth baseball, as you know, travel baseball, you would run up against a team where you knew. Like, I don't know how we're going to get three outs. These boys are bigger. They're stronger. Three levels ahead of what my team is. And sure enough, you'd be sitting there after the end, uh, when you get mercyed after an hour and a half and four innings, and you've lost 22 to one. It kind of went the way you thought, and there's nothing you can do because you've got no one on your roster that can compete with those boys. I know it's pro sports, but I'm also sitting there watching yesterday thinking Mike Tomlin's got to be on the sideline like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) We're getting killed. It's 21-0. Mason Rudolph can't complete a pass of longer than four yards. We can't run the ball. Can't stop them. And yet... There you are, and it's you know a touchdown. Is a twenty four seventeen, and if the Steelers could have gotten a stop on that stupid drive where they go down and score again, like they could have gotten the ball back with a chance to go tie the game. Yeah, that whole first half, and then it was like going to be uh, halftime. I was like, okay, this is perfect. I'll walk my dog. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was walking my dog, I was just thinking of that drop that he plays of Steve Summers. Yawn and ho hum and yada 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 <laughs> and blah 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 yada. Blah, yada, yada, blah, blah, yada, blah. That's what I was doing in my head, thinking about the Steelers. I was like, they are nothing. Blah. Yeah, there was nothing there. And then they got the blocked field goal. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the game just kind of changed a little bit. Right. And who the heck was doing the game? Romo and Nance. Romo and Nance, yeah. And they made the, well, I think it was probably one of them. I guess it was Romo. Said like on the block field goal. Like, if you just punt that ball away, you give no chance for a momentum change. Correct. And you give them the ball, hopefully, at, like, the five-yard line to where they're looking at, like, a mile in front of them. Yes. And that the Steelers have blocked a number of field goals this year. And then he made the point because it was a 50-yarder. You got to drive it low. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that did, like... Turn momentum a little bit. It did. 100% it did. And then I was... I, I so was thinking of you on that play. Like, you got one job as a punter, or really two. Punt the ball and hold the ball. And once in a while, you are asked to jog a little bit on the field. <laughs> Your one opportunity to go jog, and you pull up lame with a hamstring injury. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I was oh, thinking man. that, like, aren't punters, you assume their legs are in the greatest shape. You would think. Like, stretched out, muscled up, everything you could think of, because all the, they don't need any upper body of right. anything. right. So get your legs right. Don't go jogging and pull up all my hamstring. Right. Think about the way they extend their leg on a punt. Yeah. And how high up their leg goes and how far out stretched you would think their hamstring is. And then to just run 20 yards? Like, <laughs> and come pop. on. Ouch. Like, so I, I was embarrassed for him. I felt terrible for the guy. Yeah, it was very bad. And they're like, oh, no, they don't have their punter the rest of the game. <laughs> but I don't think they even needed. Yeah. I don't Look, think they did like they either. They never punted again. Yeah, I never remember hearing uh, about the punter's hamstring again. The one th- were you still on the game in the fourth quarter or yeah, no? Yeah, yeah, no, I watched out. the whole thing. The one thing that bo- I-, I totally understand protecting the quarterback. I don't like it, but I do understand it. I don't like that when you go into your slide, all of a sudden there's a force field around you and you're not allowed to touch him. What I thought sucked, though, and we're, it's so hard for a defense Josh Allen, on a play on that drive, runs the ball, does not slide. And, like, they had to go tackle him. 
and then two plays later, he's running the ball. Like, what are you supposed to do? Get near him and hope he slides? Right. Like it's And it happens so fast. And then the last minute he slides, and he, I forget who the linebacker or defensive back was that hit him. You can even see as he dove for him, he tried to avoid him, but he had already made the decision he was going to tackle Josh Allen. He slides. You barely hit him, and here comes the flag. Right. That was a and – and I think Romo pointed this out too – that looked worse than it really was. It was nothing. Because you're right. Even in the middle of his almost or hitting Josh Allen, he pulls all yes. the way up with his arms in the air and pulls his head back so there's no helmet-to-helmet contact. And it looked way worse than anything that actually happened. And you're right. Prior to that, Josh Allen runs for 50 yards and a touchdown because he's no one. Because he can. Right. And the Steelers but weren't tackled. More specifically, anyway. two plays prior to that one, he just ran for 12 yards where they had to go gang tackle him. Yeah. And it's like you got a you got a running quarterback. This isn't this isn't Peyton Manning who's going to see an opening and run for 4 yards and just dive down. Like this guy is a physical being right. that is going to punish you in the open field if he can. And it's like how do you know what in the hell to do? Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I, it used to be if you you became a runner and you were treated you like have to get a runner. tackled. Right. I, I, I'm with you. I you protect them enough in the pocket. You take off and run. That's on you. To me, fair game. Correct. But I guess with not. the same rules. Don't hit them in the head. Fine. You, you but the slide to me shouldn't be allowed once you once you get past the line is no sliding. Come on now. George Pickens was very angry at the referees, Jerry. I, I thought rightly so. Uh, he felt he was interfered with. He was on, uh, what would have been a big play, he and was. he was screaming and blaming the referees. Yeah, so you agree with that? I did, and I, you know, at first I didn't think it was a penalty at all, just in real time from the TV angle. Then they again replay is the worst thing. Then they show the replay. The arm is wrapped around his waist. He pulls his shoulder. Like, come on! I also don't like sometimes that what we're starting to see in the NFL now is like we see in some of the other, you know, basketball that this flopping idea. Yes, where guys receivers if they feel like. They're being held. They would rather flail their body than attempt to finish the play and let the refs decide whether they're gonna throw a True. flag or not. Yeah, and you're not wrong about that. Yeah, I don't like like you gotta you gotta play, and if you're being held, get out of being held and catch the football. I think one of the big penalties, non penalties, that really bothers me, and I know it's a physical game, which is why I wish they would just let more go. I, sometimes they will call, you know, um, illegal contact when a player just brushes up against a guy after the five yards off the line of scrimmage where it's nothing, it's away from the play, then you see guys killing each other down the sideline. Ball falls incomplete. There's no penalty on the <laughs> offensive guy, no penalty. And that's fine if you be consistent with it. Then they call pass interference when there's nothing there. It's just it's really frustrating to watch with the way the game's officiated. Yes, very frustrating to watch. And playing, I imagine. Yes, that too. As you said with the uh, – And coach, Yes. Mike Tomlin was asked after the game. I guess they waited till the very end of the press conference to ask him uh, about his contract. And I don't went, know at what point it was, but yeah, he left. I remember reading uh, they they said people waited till the end. I guess they, you know, this used to, like, when you would uh, ask questions, would you ever ask questions at press conferences? Yeah, I wasn't one guy that would ask a million of them. Yeah, like if one you had done. one. Yeah. But I remember when in covering the box, I wouldn't either ask questions, but... I know amongst the reporters, if there was a question that you thought might you wait bother the person, you wait till all the other questions are done, yeah. so that you don't screw any other reporters trying to get their in, yeah. the real the information you needed. So I guess that's what they were doing yesterday. 
when they asked him about his uh, contract, he left. Yeah. He said, see ya. Gotta go. And didn't even say anything. No. He just like turned and walked Gone. away. Yeah, pretty Garner. much. Yeah. That was it for him. So he's out, Jerry. Be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. You know? Romo and Nance made it seem like they had talked to him during the week and, and that it was that he's he'll be with the Steelers. That he's not leaving. Yeah. They made it seem very matter of fact, like, oh, no, he'll be back. No, yeah, he's I, he's not done yet. I think it's I, I'm not a I'm not a Steeler fan, and I know a lot of Steeler fans have had enough of him. We don't watch them every week, but man, they do win a lot. Now I know in the playoffs it hasn't been good of late, but he also the last several years now, like his quarterback situation has been bad. They haven't been a great team. I mean, they got T.J. Watt, but they haven't been a great team, uh, and yet they still find ways to win nine, ten games every year. So Kenny Pickett is not hurt. He just stinks. he came back from. <laughs> He came back from the injury a couple of weeks ago, but Mason Rudolph was in the middle of winning whatever it was, three, four in a row, and so he wasn't going to take out the hot hand is what they he said. Played. Yeah, and during the game yesterday, they were talking about Mason Rudolph, how he was almost went into uh, real estate this season. I, with his dad. <laughs> Instead. I saw and that. And now he's in a playoff yeah. game. I saw, I didn't realize he wasn't on a team anywhere last year. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that I either. I figured he was a backup somewhere. Right. But, yeah, uh, not too bad. You go from real estate back to the NFL. Yeah. It's kind of like Joe Flacco. He's, like, doing nothing. Yeah, but you know what the difference? Gets diff- to play, play in a couple of games and go back to doing nothing. Here's the difference, though. How old is Joe Flacco? Older fella. Right. How old do you think Mason Rudolph is? Man, I bet you he's 28. Yeah, I was, I I was going to say 28, 29 myself. Mason Rudolph is, you nailed it, 28 years old. Nailed it. Like, 28. And still capable of being a backup somewhere. Oh, for sure. And had just decided, I guess, not to play anymore. And, well, now he's back. Now he's back, Jerry. Now he's back. And he'll be fighting uh, for the starting job next year, they said. Maybe. Let's see what they do. I mean, I don't, mean, I don't you know think that they'll they're get another quarterback? Who knows? I mean, you've got so many quarterback issues in this league, coaching issues in this league. To me, there's so much that still needs to be determined. I can't imagine they go into the season next year with Pickett and Rudolph as their quarterback. As the ba- it's a big battle, Jerry, going into camp. Boy, I don't see that. They should have like a transfer portal thing in the NFL. For, it's called free agency. For no, but like for for quarterbacks in their first couple of years, where it's not like you thought they had potential and they were drafted. So you want to put them in the transfer portal? And it's, yeah, it's not working out. So you put them in the transfer portal. So another no. maybe it works out with another team. You don't team. get the easy way out all the time. If you suck with your draft pick, you're stuck with that draft pick. Like we put Zach Wilson in the transfer portal. No. And we put Mason Rudolph in the transfer portal. No. Kenny Pickett in the transfer portal. Again, I'll come back to Jordan Love. Jordan Love wasn't going in any transfer portal. He just had to sit and watch. Yeah. Now he's playing, a little shaky to start, and boom, takes off. Perhaps that's what the Jets could have had with Zach Wilson if they didn't throw him in with bad coaching right as uh, he graduated. And then that was his game plan this year was he was going yeah. to uh, – This was going to be his year to watch. Yep. And that were, It really is a problem with the NFL and the structure of the salary. The fact that you really feel like when you draft a quarterback, you need to win within those first four years before he's got to get paid stupid sums of money for being average. Like, honestly. Daniel Jones. Like, even, again, listening to Seth Joyner, like, he he pointed out how Jalen Hurts, how uninspired he looked last night, disinterested. He goes, that's a kid that signed a quarter of a billion-dollar contract. Am I asking too much of you to try? All right, or show energy. Yeah, and I'm not saying he wasn't. I have no idea. But it's a lot of money for one out of 50-something players. I mean, I know it's an important position, but my God, if you don't got the players around you, it's useless. Do you think Nick Sirianni is out 
I don't. You don't? I don't. I did until I heard who, mm, I'm trying to forget who I said. I think there was a report yesterday that said he was safe. Might have been Schefter. I forget. Let me ask you this then, Jerry. Do you think next season when the Cowboys play the Eagles? Yeah. It'll be Mike McCarthy versus Nick Sirianni. Interesting. Mm. That's a good one, right? That is a good one because I don't know that the Cowboys are moving on from Mike McCarthy. And you're not sure that the Eagles are moving on from I, Nick Sirianni. I thought if the Eagles had a bad game that they that they would until I heard that. Again, I think it was Schefter yesterday that said that he's not, not so going fast. anywhere regardless of what happens tonight. So... On all of that, I'm going to say they're both there. There was a Schefter report also that said Mike McCarthy would be judged in his final I game of however their season ended. And that final game was an absolute <laughs> mess. Yeah, that did not end well. No, I enjoyed why I actually put on on uh, at halftime um, of the of the game. You know, I watched CBS for a couple of minutes, and then I went over to um, to ABC or ESPN. Because I saw they had, I forget the name of the show is, but NFL Countdown was on. And I only went to it on a commercial, and they said, coming up next, Cowboys. I'm like, you know, I'm going to stick with this. So they had, uh, who's that guy you like? Van Pelt, right? Van Pelt was the host. You had uh, RG3 was on the panel. Rex was on the panel. Marcus Spears, a former Cowboy. And Ryan Clark. And they were, all four of them, it was really interesting listening to them. They all had different opinions of what the Cowboys are, were, and what direction they should go in. And it was really it was interesting to listen to the different minds. Like you had Robert Griffin III is sold on the fact that you need a guy like D'Amico Ryans, Antonio Pierce. Like today's athlete really is going to be more in tune with a guy that played more recently than an, an older established coach. And that's why he's so stuck on Deion Sanders for the Cowboys, has a history. Jerry loves him. He can control Jerry. He's the only guy that can do it, and the players – uh, gravitate towards him, and we'll listen to him. Then you got Rex basically saying, go get Bill Belichick. Ryan Clark's like, they're not going to play for Bill Belichick. Go get Mike Vray. It was so interesting, <laughs> and they all had their reasons, and yeah. they all of them sold me on their, on what they thought they should do. And who the who is to blame as well for Sunday? Who's Saturday? Um, hmm. Most cases, people were, uh, most people, uh, Orlovsky blamed Dak. Rex blamed Dan Quinn and the defense. I'm with him on that one. I thought the defense set the tone and yes. were, were terrible. Ryan Clark, I think, blamed everybody. And then you got people just blaming Jerry Jones, which I find comical from this standpoint. You can't sit there and tell me that there's too much noise around the Cowboys because Jerry Jones talks every week. But yet they go 12-5. and five. They set franchise records. So there was no distraction as they're doing that. They lose a bad game in the playoffs, and Jerry's the distraction. Like, which one is it? It can't be both. Yeah, to me it was the defense because when the Cowboys would get back in the game, Correct. the Packers would go down within minutes and score again. Oh, that's where I said right in the – that's where that yeah. came from yesterday. That's where it came from, It Jerry. just clicked. How about mm-hmm. that? How about that? All right, quick break, 538. We got Boomer and Geo at 6 on a football Tuesday on The Fan. Coming up in a quarter to six. It is a Tuesday morning. Be safe out there if you're driving around. Very wet and slushy. The first snow storm, I guess we would call, of the winter. We got here. Only took me an extra couple of minutes. Not too bad. Same here. Nothing crazy. No, not awful. Uh, Dan Quinn, I see, has four. He stinks. 
He has four head coaching Good, go, interviews. Good, go, get out. Do you think the people that have them currently scheduled are like, can we cancel this? Or do we have to kind of pretend we're still interested? Well, like Mike Kafka is interviewing for a head coaching job. Based on what exactly? I I don't know. Because the giant offense was so dynamic, you have to have Mike Kafka. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect. Go. Good luck. Why? Could you imagine announcing that for your team? Good news. We'd like to call a press conference. <laughs> We've All of our problems have been solved. We've hired Mike Kafka as head coach. He was responsible for Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> <laughs> I know Pete Carroll's out there, and Bill Belichick is out there, and... Mike Vrabel is out there, but we're going to go the Kafka route or <laughs> yeah. Dan Quinn. I mean, the the fun, huh. the I guess unfair thing about Quinn would be he has done a good job in Dallas. Like their their defense was so good last year that I believe Jerry Jones signed him to a ridiculous contract, so he wouldn't leave for a head coaching job because I really thought I really think he thought this was the year, and they were good for a good portion of the season. The problem. With the Cowboy defense this year, it's almost like fool's gold. And they they brought this up during the broadcast and the uh, the telecast the other day, too. When the Cowboys turn you over, they win. Because usually when they turn you over, they put the offense in position to score and turnovers turn into touchdowns. When they don't get turnovers, they get run on, they get thrown on, and they get scored on. Which, last time I checked, that's not good for a defense. None of those, Jerry. So if Mike McCarthy is going to be judged on his last game... Boy, if I'm thinking of running a team and I saw that perform, like the Cowboys looked unprepared playing a team that either A, they thought they were just going to roll right over and didn't have to put much effort into, or B, the Packers did so many unique things, they had no idea what they were looking at. Those are a couple of bad reflections on the coach and the defensive coordinator, and that's him. I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be weird interviews to go into. Yeah. Uh, what happened that uh, seriously against the Packers? Like, how would – and we joked about it when Brian Dable at Giants camp, his first year with when, with Boomer and Geo, when, uh, you know, they wanted to ask him about the last 12 seconds in Kansas City, not interested in talking about it. Well, if you go ahead – you go interview for a head coaching job today and you're Dan Quinn, doesn't, the, like, the second question have to be – what exactly happens Sunday before yes. we move forward with this? Because yeah. that was awful. So he's got to have a prepared answer for that. Yeah, Mike McCarthy stinks. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't, he I don't. overruled all, for some reason, overruled all my plays against the Packers. Meantime, Bill Belichick interviewed with the Falcons. Yeah. Um, so I don't know now, why I was surprised to see that. Because you don't believe happen. that Bill Belichick will go to Atlanta. I know, but what's, I'm starting to seem, it's starting to feel like that's where he's going. He might. He that might would be so weird. I just the one thing that I come back to is do you want to go there where you don't have a quarterback? And I know everyone can sit there and tell me they'll get a quarterback. All right, well, it didn't work out so well in New England finding a quarterback in replace of Tom Brady. And that's not as easy. Like the Falcons thought they had a quarterback last year when they took Desmond Ritter. He stunk. Um, who are you going to sign that's all of a sudden going to make I know Atlanta's a good defense. They they have a good team. The Patriots had a very good defense too. And their offense was so awful that they couldn't win games. Um, I, I come back to, and this is why I think the McCarthy thing will be decided today. I think it has to be. I, I was expecting something yesterday, like a vote of confidence. They're keeping him, or he was being let go. And on the ESPN show, they were basically saying, and I'm sure the CBS guys did too, they wouldn't make a decision like that on a day where there are playoff games. So it would have to wait for today. 
So I think by this time tomorrow, we will know if McCarthy is staying or going. And if he's going, I expect Jerry Jones on the phone with Belichick as fast as Arthur Blank was. Because today will be uh, from the callers to WFAN. Nick Sirianni out. You got to get Bill Belichick in there. Well, a lot he's of people. He's got a quarterback. He's a, yes, a lot of people think that he's a good fit for the Eagles. But then you listen to these other Eagle announcers, and they're like, tear it down and start over. Like, wow. You just were in the Super Bowl last year. We're at tear it down and start over already? If you were Bill Belichick and you could really go wherever you wanted to go, yeah, where would you choose? I, I actually, and I'm not saying as I'm a Cowboy fan, I would go to Dallas. I think they're, I think they're close. I mean, this team scored a million points this year. Defensively, good for much of the season. If I could go there, if Dak Prescott's coming back, that's where I would go. Even though people say uh, he and Jerry Jones, he doesn't like an owner that's allowed. Well, and then there was the report yesterday that they're friends. Bill Parcells didn't like that either. But money talks, and Jones got him there. So... I actually think if Bill Parcells was just a few years younger, he would have stuck it out in Dallas. Because remember, he left right as they ascended to the playoffs. You had the Romo fumbled snap, and he couldn't take it anymore at his at his age at that point. Then Wade Phillips comes in, and they're a really good. That was the uh, the Cabo year where the Giants went and beat them in the divisional round. That was the tri- trip I made. That was my one my wonderful twenty hour trip to Dallas that ended up in in shame. Yes, um, where they lost to the Giants, but they were really good for a while. And then Wade Phillips couldn't get it done. You go to Jason Garrett; he's there for ten years. But Bill Parcells could coexist with with Jerry Jones. Pretty sure Bill Belichick could. Because if he goes to uh, Atlanta, they're going to win nine games next year. Maybe, maybe. Like, and I and he wa- he needs to win a Super Bowl yeah. in his mind. You know that. Yes, and quickly too. Yeah. And then look at the yeah I just I, the division's not good so that would be the argument to go to the Falcons as well easily more right, winnable in the playoffs but now I look at the NFC East how good is that now if the Eagles are falling off a cliff the Commanders stink and we don't know what the Giants are this is also true Jerry plus he would always have well I was gonna say there's there's always like this the the fear of the 49ers being in your division and getting to the Super Bowl but they're not AFC's got a bunch of they're in the conference teams too. In the conference. Right, but, but is he even looking at an AFC team? I don't think so. I don't I, not that I've he's been linked to. He might, but we have I haven't heard that anywhere. Do you think by the end of the week we will get a Bill Belichick yeah, I do. signing? I think by Friday something's here's what you I think you'll know of offers by tomorrow or Thursday, and I I would think by Friday Bill Belichick is a coach somewhere. So when we're here Friday morning, we're gonna know if uh Mike McCarthy's officially coming back or not. Yeah, I would think by by tomorrow morning, we'll know that. And where Bill Belichick? No, I think something will come down Friday. Okay. I don't think we're doing the warm up show Friday morning, and we know where he is. I think Friday afternoon we find out. Hmm. Friday morning, one of those yeah. 10 a.m. news dumps. He needs to win two Super Bowls wherever he goes to match Tom Brady. No, he just needs to win one. Because then the debate. Because right now everyone thinks Tom Brady was right. That's why if he wins one, he can prove that he won two. Well, Brady only won one. He lost the other one. Didn't oh, that's he? right. Uh, did he? No. Eddie would know. Eddie? Hey, I'm all confused now. Did What's Tom Brady win two Super Bowls with the Bucs? No, one. One. Okay, so he just needs to win one. Because they were, remember, they were terrible. The, the the second, his third year, they were bad. They won the division, but they were eight and nine. You know, the other day I was walking around my house and I was thinking of, of this and I asked. Uh, oh, Alexa? Yeah, I said, how many Super Bowls did Tom Brady win with the Buccaneers? And she said two. I mean... You're yelling at a device? Yeah. 
Well, I took the advice. I was like, okay, two. Yeah. Two well, he went. No. He only went to one. Right. And won it. Who'd wow. they lose to in the playoffs the first year? You remember? His first year. I they, thought he first The first won. year they won the Super Bowl at the box. So is he there two years, not three? It was I think just two. two years, and there was the Rams. Remember that great game? Tom Brady, mm. Bucks career. It was in. Uh, Go Bucks. Pretty sure it was in Tampa. Go Bucks. Right. Because they beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys then beat them. When they were eight and nine, I thought it was three years. So it was two years with the Bucks. Okay, well, I tell you, it all blends. It, it does all it blend really together. Just to all me, blends. My God, well, I remember the boat parade for the Super Bowl oh, where yes. he was hammered. Hammered. Okay, I'm going to ask Google now. How many Super Bowls? We're doing this live. Did Tom Brady win with the? Well, he's got seven, Buccaneers. so it's one. Because he won six with the Patriots and lost three. It was yeah, it was the second Buccaneers Super Bowl win. So that's what you were. So that's, that's what Alexa screwed. Me that's up. where she got confused. She stinks. <laughs> well, actually, we do for not realizing it since it was literally just last year. I know, but they all run together. <laughs> I know now. they do. I I know they do. Do you not count Bill Belichick's Super Bowls with the Giants as it turns of no, being? I need head coach being a Super Bowl winner. No, right, but head coach, but 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 but. He's be, won eight Super Bowls. Yeah, but it'd be like if Tom Brady's uh, team won a Super Bowl, he was a backup. I disagree. Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator. He wasn't the secondary coach. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, that's, a, that was a, that's arguable. You're correct. You're I don't right. think that's fair. Now, you want to tell me he was the quarterback on the 85 Bears. Okay. But that's not. So how many did he win with the Bucks? Six. I mean, with the, with the Giants? Uh, two. Two. 86 and 90. Okay, I'll get, how about this? I'll give him credit for, for one. For one. So there is. <laughs> He's already. Right. So then he and Brady are even now. Don't think it works Good that point, way. Good point, Jerry. All right, we take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. Right now on Odyssey Sports Minute, Amy Lawrence on the Buccaneers. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Hi, with us. Boomer and Geo standing by just a couple of minutes from now. What else, Al? I was also seeing, Jerry, that the Belichick boys, uh, Steve and Brian Belichick, who are coaches on the Patriots. They are welcome to stay with Gerard Mayo. Yeah, they're welcome to stay. Yeah. I'd see if Pops was willing to bring me along. <laughs> you don't think at some point they want to break away from Pops? Uh, maybe if he's Come tough to now. work with. <laughs> well, I mean, it is dad at some point, but I would still think you would like to start taking your own path. Unless dad really wants you on the staff, because then you got to go, because he is kind of giving you... Your entire you want career. the inheritance, <laughs> and you want the EA. Don't want to ruin it now. Or, or Bill would be like, guys, enough. Like, uh, go do your own thing. Do you think in the interview he had with the Falcons, he talked normal, or he yeah. mumbled? No, I think he. I actually think he's a jovial guy outside of football. So you I, don't think when they were like they asking him a question, he was it or something like this? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I remember when he used to call in for Joe. I used yeah. to answer the phone once in a while. And he was jovial, very nice. I mean, there. He was supposed to be on at the – so Parcells was supposed to coach the Pro Bowl, backed out, and Belichick took his place. Joe sent a message to Berge, who was his assistant then and still is now. Belichick's assistant, yes. Berge? Yes. And is that a man or a woman? It's a guy. And Berge said he'll call in at some point during the night. 5 a.m. with California – with the Hawaii time, he forgot to call. It was apology. He could have been a nicer guy. No, I think he's very normal. He's not just mumbling through those interviews. Only on when now. he talks to the press. Oh, well, yeah, because he doesn't like that part of the job. Which he then ended up thanking the press. He did. 
even though it wasn't a great relationship, as he said. Arthur. Arthur Ar Blank. <laughs> Arthur Blank is the owner? No, he's the GM. Of the Falcons? Yes. Hey, is Rich McKay still there? Yes, CEO. How about that? Oh, he was uh, with the Buccaneers when I was down in the That Tampa ain't going to go well if Bel Belichick Why? goes there. Those two guys, nah, don't see it. They don't mix. They don't mix? They don't I don't mix. think so, but we'll I see. did see, I don't know if it was a joke, but I did see yesterday online that he was on uh, Arthur Blank's yacht. I don't know if that was a joke, because remember when, when um, Jerry Jones got Parcells on his jet, he wasn't leaving without a contract, and he didn't. So I don't know if that was a joke or not. WFAN, oh, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.